Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. I want to talk about the subject of love. And not in the sense of like a romantic love between a man and a woman, but like love when it comes to, I don't know, everything else, right? The preparation of food, for example, uh, came up in some conversations that I was having uh, the other day. And uh, it seems to me the most delicious food is always the food that's made with the most love, the most care, the most time, the most patience. Right, uh, cooked by somebody who knows what they're doing, uh, you know, has a good handle on how the ingredients mix together, you know, and, and kind of has, the, you know, creates it with love. Uh, and this subject came up because I purchased a used car not too long ago, and it only had like one of the list of seven things that I was looking for in a used vehicle on it. But the reason that I bought it was because uh, the the lady who owned it before me obviously loved the car. And I say that because uh, when we did the deal and it was over, she broke down into tears and it was almost as if she was you know, losing a child or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so I knew the car had been treated with love because she had love for the car. And so that's why I bought the car. Uh, and so I kind of wanted to just throw that out there. You know, what does, what does it mean to you to have something that's made with love? Uh, to me, it means a whole bunch of different things. But generally speaking, that's why, like, uh, if I see a thin cook, generally I'm going to prejudge that cook. The suspect in the fatal shooting of federal judge's son, who was an attorney that had a previous case in front of the judge, has been found dead, law enforcement sources told ABC News. The son of Judge Esther Salas was shot and killed, and her husband shot and injured in an attack at the family's New Jersey home on Sunday night. So I guess this was last night. Uh, Salas was not hurt in the attack. Her son, Daniel, 20, died. Uh, Francis Mac Womack, the mayor of North Brunswick, New Jersey, told ABC News. Uh, Salas' husband, Mark, is in critical but stable condition as of Monday morning, according to law enforcement sources. The suspect was a white man who wore a face covering. I mean, they're required, right? At, I think in New Jersey anyway, isn't it mandated at this point? Yeah, that, that's not a good disambiguator anymore. I yeah. guess they didn't think this out very carefully. Well, and this is one of those uh, you know shortened uh, blurbs here. Uh, but the suspect was a white man wearing a face covering and a FedEx uniform, law enforcement told ABC News. And he used an ordinary car to make the getaway. Uh, the suspect has now been identified as Roy Dan Hollander, a Manhattan lawyer and self-described anti-feminist. Uh, multiple law enforcement sources briefed on the case told ABC News and the FBI confirmed it. We were talking about the fact that his body was discovered in a car by a municipal employee uh, in Rockland, New York. So I don't know how far that is from wherever he was in Jersey, but uh, apparently a you know, self-inflicted gunshot wound. And he had a FedEx package addressed to Judge Salas with him. And we were discussing, you know, was that a prop? Was there something in the package? And we didn't get much further than, you know, speculating on, you know, whether the package was a prop. We talked about that a bit. But do you think something was in the package? Like if he had a, a thing and he was trying to, you know, get some sort of revenge or, you know, if it was a vindictive killing, you know, kind of a thing, like would he, you know, is there a bomb in the box or something like that, you know? Could be. My best guess would be it's going to be an empty box. Um, but then again, you know, that's that's also guessing from the idea that this played out like an ordinary crime. But, you know, this could also be 
an Epstein blackmail case, in which case you don't expect anybody to make sense. And picking somebody who actually knew the judge would then be uh, just a uh, uh, a way of 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 introducing confusion, right? Right, a red herring. So. You know, it's it's very hard to say from a distance. The Fenix spokesman Jim Masalek said in a statement, we are aware of the media reports and are fully cooperating with the investigating authorities. Dan Hollander had previously sued Manhattan nightclubs for favoring women by offering ladies' night discounts and sued the federal government over laws that protect women from violence. Hmm, interesting. Okay. I, I would have to say that Ladies' Nights has benefits for both sides. Uh, um, I certainly enjoy yeah, a good now, Ladies' Night. Every, I, I mean, hey, drunk chicks. I love them. Maybe he was gay. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it depends on the perspective and what happened and, you know, all that kind of a thing. I, I don't know enough about this guy or why he might sue for those things, but... Uh, he also sued Columbia University for offering women's studies courses, accusing the school of using government aid to teach, quote, religionist belief system called feminism, unquote. Um, you know, I don't know if I disagree. You know, feminism is kind of a religionist belief system mm-hmm. uh, as a yeah. factual statement. You know, well, Animal Farm had two legs bad, uh, two legs bad, four legs good is what the the sheep all chanted on Animal Farm. Have you read it by George Orwell? I have not read it. I've I've skimmed uh, uh, you know bits and pieces of it and pulled choice quotes out of it, of course. But nice. uh, I have not read the whole thing. No, uh, high, highly recommended. Or there's a uh, they did it as a cartoon they said in 2015 a case before solace uh den hollander represented a woman den hollander being the suspect who was found dead in a car apparently of a self-inflicted gun wound uh he represented a woman who wanted registered for the military draft does it say whether he shot himself twice in the back of the head or it does sometimes it just says it just says of apparent self-inflicted gunshot wounds Mm. so it's not specific they don't enclose a photo or anything like that so uh at any rate uh den hollander had previously sued manhattan nightclubs for favoring uh, women by offering ladies' nights and things of that nature. And he also sued Columbia University for offering women's studies courses. Um, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy called the shooting, quote, a brazen and cowardly act of gun violence at their home in North Brunswick. We give our full support to Judge Silas and her husband at this most trying time. This is an Whenever they say gun tragedy. violence, I flash back to Archie Bunker arguing with his daughter. And Glorious says... Do you know that almost 30,000 people a year are killed with with firearms? Which is a lie. It's a false statistic. And he responds, would you feel better if they was pushed out of windows, little girl? The scary thing about thinking about old entertainment, though, is like, you know, I always thought that like 80 movies, 80s movies were a little bit rapey. There is a lot of, like, throw her up against the wall and kiss her, and if she doesn't smack you, it's okay. <laughs> and the thing is, it, it really kind of made me rethink my perspective on that when I went back and said, oh, all those movies were produced by an actual rapist, oh, R.V. Weinstein. Yeah. You know? So we all learned to date from a serial rapist. Well, that's nice. um, That's frightening. Or my generation and your generation, yeah. not so much yours. 
But I mean, I'm sure seeps into the culture for sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you were exposed to to the culture. Just you know, just like I was exposed to Monty Python, which was before my well, time. And the amazing thing about that is how it was always an open secret. Everyone who was in that business knew that all of this was going on all of the time yeah. and never once thought to actually say. Well, something. it's yeah, and Oprah Winfrey was still delivering him girls. Yeah. I think it was. Uh, largely due to what I call the boss-employee relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So in this instance, he's got all the money. He's the big producer. He you know, can tell people what to do and not do. He's got all the connections, and so everybody has this like fear of him, right? Like mm-hmm. if they don't do right by him, then they might not be able to act again or might not be in this part and might not get You'll this movie. You'll never work in this town again. Exactly. That, and that, that adage has been perpetuated throughout all of Hollywood movies, right? Falling wages are an inevitable reaction to a reduction in demand for for labor, so the fact that it's happening is somewhat unremarkable. But let's see what remarks the, they Indeed. have to make Amazing about how it. That demand for labor goes down when people aren't allowed to, you know, open their shops. Right. Yeah, because and all are those getting people paid, who lose, you know. all those people who lose their job are like, well, you're paying him twelve dollars an hour to do that. I'll do it for eleven. Right, and and we've talked about the. The inequity in the unemployment claims plus the extra 600 bucks on top of it, mm-hmm. where you get people who would otherwise need to find a job to survive making more than they would if they actually went out and got a job. So that affects mm-hmm. the labor market as well. Although, given that they're being forcibly prevented from getting a job, really, the government kind of owes them that money for taking away their right to work. Right, but it, and certainly, more. it certainly increases the inflation. Uh, and reduces the value of every dollar that's spent. Like one of my Rasta friends asked me about reparations um, for for slavery, and I said, well, the U.S. government owes an infinite number, an infinite amount of reparations to every American, so what we should do is we should tear it down, we should seize its property. Two of the things that really helped a lot of people stay in the middle class Mm -hmm. was they would have property, that mm-hmm. they would get renters from, yep. and they would have their business. Yep. So you shut down the business, and I mean, okay, great. Now you have to pay rent for three months that you weren't allowed to operate, and guess what? All of your renters are having trouble paying their rent. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just it's the perfect way to just completely annihilate yeah. the middle class. Agreed. It seems like they're trying to demoralize society. You know, because it seems clear to me they're lying about the disease. Man, not its not its existence, but its severity. I read an article the other day that said that vaccine makers are concerned because so few people are getting sick from the Rona that they might not be able to tell whether their vaccines are effective. <laughs> and I'm like, then we really don't need the vaccine, do we? You morons. Stop making it. <laughs> yeah. Well, really, it's it's our fault. We just need to have more of us get sick so that they can find out if these are good vaccines or, or, or not good vaccines. It, it, if I get sick, I'm going to start hanging out at, at police stations and donut shops. <laughs> nobody's ever combobulated and nobody's ever gruntled. Yeah, I've never gone around. But, you know, I'm really I'm really combobulated today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm whelmed by my combobulation. Yeah, <laughs> although I have, I, I do know I, I was in negotiations with a company. They wanted me to move from Tampa to Orlando, and uh, they offered me some amount of money to do it. And I said, "Oh, well, I'm underwhelmed by your offer." Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Why is it you can be underwhelmed and overwhelmed, but, but never, not never whelmed. right in the middle? Yes. yes. So the next time somebody asks, hey, how you doing? And you're feeling like fair to middling or whatever, you're like, whelmed. I'm, 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 I'm whelmed. whelmed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overwhelmed, but I'm not underwhelmed. Well, they might just think you said well and... Uh, Try not to notice that that's not a word. We're probably Don't you think that's overkill. No, I think that's just enough kill. <laughs> no, I've seen overkill live a number of times. It's certainly not them. Oh, okay. Are they good? They're great, man. If you've never seen Overkill, the metal band live, uh, Bobby is probably one of the most underrated metal singers in all of heavy metal. Mm. Uh, and he's an East Coast guy too, so they're all you know, sort of you know, New York, New Jersey ish area. Yeah. Hi, See, I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to see the guys who do uh, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. It was saying that uh, these cuts that were meant to be temporary uh, could turn permanent or pave the way for future layoffs. And that could portend deep damage to the labor market and the economy because so many workers who have kept their jobs have less money to spend than a few months ago. You think? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, the numbers haven't received... But the non-workers have more money. Oh, yeah. You know, if you lose your job, maybe you're making twice as much as you were making when you were working off ridiculous unemployment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting time moving forward. Like, all these people got uh, just this little bump of extra, and we are about to hit a wall. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. ended this week, because even though uh, that extra 600 bucks ends... Uh, like on the end of the month, for whatever reason, their accounting practices mean you know say that oh it has to be submitted by like the two end of the week on a Tuesday or something. So like this is the last week for the six hundred buck bonus. So starting next week, that six hundred dollar bonus is gone, according to my sources. That sounds wow. right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the numbers haven't received the same attention as job losses which are highlighted every week in government data, but at least 4 million U.S. workers have received pay cuts since February, even as they continued working the same job, and millions more have seen pay freezes, according to the economists from the Federal Reserve and the University of Chicago, who put out a study analyzing the data from the payroll processing company ADF. Hey, I've got some examples of some fake COVID-19 numbers. Um, Being in the medical industry, we have a little bit of inside information, so these are all third-party examples, so I can't really vouch for the accuracy, but I believe they're 100% true. And we've got two cases or two instances that are very similar, one uh, one in Florida and one here locally. A lady we know who has a mother in Florida, uh, her mother has breast cancer, uh, unfortunately, so she was supposed to get a test five days before her surgery. Okay. Well, for for whatever reason, she didn't. She wasn't able to make her test, so the surgery had to be postponed. But then, five days after the, the appointment time, she gets a uh, notice saying that her uh, she was positive for COVID nineteen. What? She never. She never even took the test. But wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and this is not the only story like that because today another friend of mine. Uh, he's actually a friend and a patient of ours. 
he said that he had a friend who went to an office to take a, C9, a COVID-19 test. And he waited for an hour and a half, and he got tired of waiting, so he just left. He said, oh, I don't need this stupid test. Okay. He also, a few days later, was notified that he was C9, C-19 positive. Wow. So I'm wondering now, you know, this is this is just too incidental to get two of these uh, that we know about. To me... If this were really a pandemic, the bodies would be piling up, particularly in like, you know, areas of the world where they don't have, I don't know, westernized medicine, for example, where they don't have social distancing that, you know, all the things that they're telling us to do to stay safe. But we don't hear about that. Now, I'm not reading international news on a daily basis, but uh, I'm not hearing about foreign countries with, you know, a lack of medical care where COVID is just, you know, devastating communities and villages. Are you hearing anything like that, Gene? No, of course not. And uh, even, like you say, the numbers, we should all know somebody who's died. Now we have a clinic, so we have thousands of patients that we see all the time, and we have about 50 patients that have tested positive. And two patients have died recently, but they were both elderly patients who had other health issues and if they'd caught uh, the flu they probably would have died so to use those numbers to scare people is really disingenuous it's it's really not uh it's not the scary thing that they're making it out to be what do you think and certainly masks aren't doing a darn thing yeah agreed what do you think's really going on what do you think they're up to just ballpark give me a crazy crazy theory because I'm kind of dumbfounded by this whole mess. Well, it's obviously an exercise, to me anyway, it's pretty obviously an exercise in control of the people. You guys remember the joke from uh, the great philosopher Mitch Hedberg that said uh, he thought of something, he tried to keep a pen handy, because if he thought of something funny, he would write it down. Yep. But if he didn't have a pen, he would just convince himself that it wasn't funny. <laughs> um so this is the first time I've ever had a pen while I've been listening to the show. Uh-oh. So I've jotted a few things down. You're taking, uh, one, you're taking hey, notes. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Yeah, lay, number one. Lay it on me. Number Get one. I have cage, some notes. <laughs> cage the Elephant is the band you're looking for. Hate the Which Elephant? you were close. Cage. Like they're, like cage the Elephant. The elephant. Cage. Okay. Okay. Right. Cage the Elephant is the band you were looking for. Uh, number two, that judge's husband and maybe her son definitely had something on the Clintons. I don't know if they were, really? you know, maybe they were just researching this QAnon stuff and, you know, they didn't like that. So they're like, we need to <laughs> nip this in the bud. Um, number three, the Arkansas mask mandate went into effect today. Oh, sorry, um, man. All kinds of fun rules with that. Yeah, what does that mean? You have to wear uh, a mask. You have to wear a mask in the bathtub when you're taking a bath, and you have to wear a mask yeah. when you're mowing your lawn, and you have to wear a mask whenever yeah. you're, you well, know. Well, it's funny because when you're at the gym, you have to wear a mask unless you're doing cardio. At the end of the day, there's a couple things I'm really pissed off about. One, if I want to walk into a bar to have you know a drink, and only four people can be sitting at the bar, there's four people in there. Well, sorry, the, the bar's full. No, it's not. There's 16. <laughs> In your stools right. over there. Yeah. Uh, and I want to watch a dang baseball game. 
And yeah, it's coming back, but there's no fans. It's just yeah, weird. No, good luck with that. And I also I've predicted previously on on Free Talk Live and also within you know my circle of friends. I don't think there's going to be NFL football this year. Uh, I think that the players' union and the NFL aren't going to be able to agree on much of anything. They can't even really agree on stuff when it's time to renew their their contract between those two organizations in like an off season. Much less come together right. real quick to figure out how to have some semblance of that. Uh, you know, with the the COVID, you know, the mandates and yeah, the closures well, I, you know, and all I really, that. I really pay attention to two sports, and that's college football, which I don't think is going to happen, yep. and Major League Baseball, which is just going to be weird. A 60-game season, some of the players are like, oh, we're not going to play. Uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. They it, could do like they're doing. COVID has screwed sports up. They could do like they're doing with concerts and just make drive-in sports. Right? Yeah. Tear down all the walls, tear out all the seats, and just allow people to park around the yeah. stadiums or the arenas right. and sort and of watch. Of, and speaking of concerts, I want to ask you one thing, Captain, before yeah. I go. Um, have you ever heard of the band Norma Jean? I have heard the name. I'm not familiar with their work. I, okay. I am familiar with their well, work, and I can tell you it's the very worst thing to wake up to. I wish that computers really did have the HCF instruction, mm. which is uh, halt and catch fire. Um and <laughs> that would make them a lot more fun. That's what they did in the sixties when they when they hit a lo- a logic loop. They would halt call and catch fire. Hmm. Uh in in uh in like you remember Star Trek? Yeah. Illogical, illogical, and the thing bursts into flames. <laughs> Can you, Microsoft would not even be in business in that world. I have not experienced this phenomenon before, Captain. <laughs> Brain and brain. What is this brain you speak of? I'm trying to remember the. Uh, there was a parody. I think it's called Star Drek. Right? Mm. It's on the Doctor Demento show or something. Or oh, Trekking. Star Trekking. Star Trekking. Star Trekking across the universe on the Star Trek yeah, Enterprise that might under not be Captain the one. Kirk. No, there was one There's where it was like Klingons on the starboard bow, starboard bow, starboard bow. There's Klingons on the starboard bow. Yeah, Scrape them off, yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as are, we know it, Jim. Are, are, are you done? <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. Just try. no. You uh, brought it up. I bro. did. No. They, you brought they, it up. I am completely flow I, of consciousness. Sometimes I forget I'm even on the radio. What? So you bring it up. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna riff on it. If you have to hit the dump button, hit the dump <laughs> button. What I say when people say we're the we the people are in charge of the government, I say, well, great. End the war on me. I smoke weed. Stop being at war with me. Stop kicking down my doors. You say you can control it, then you're responsible for it. Make it stop. Yeah, and they can. Asking for an example of the control that the people have uh, results in them, uh, 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 right? You know, an aneurysm, almost like you had earlier today on the show. But my programming, my programming. What do I call it now? I call it. uh, It's it's not uh, Stockholm. It's uh, what's the other one? Stockholm syndrome is a no, syndrome. What's, what's the other one? The, oh, it's a cognitive Stockholm dissonance syndrome. It's all one phrase mm. now. You put all of them together, it's just one phrase. Cognitive yeah. Stockholm dissonance syndrome. Anyway, uh, the study of... CSDS. <laughs> there you go. Yes, it's got an acronym now. There you go. Sweet. It sounds all official It must true. be real then. If Do you suffer from CSDS? <laughs> you can now take this drug to cure yourself. The side effects include... Spontaneous anal bleeding. Growth of a third eye. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta tell you, the pill I took was pretty red and uh, did not give me the anal leakage.
All right. I, let's, uh, let's I tone think that down a bit. we should go with the red pill then. Uh, the study of business history reveals that people everywhere have always had a sweet tooth for the unreal, enthralled by what should be taken as too good to be true. So you brought up priming. And uh, one of the things oh, right. I wanted to make sure that uh, that people knew about priming is it's not just what people say. Okay. Uh, it's also something that happens in the uh, the environment. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, they did a test where, like, they uh, put someone into a, a room and, you know, had them fill out a little bubble sheet about what they thought about things. And if you have a gun in the room, like, they're much more uh, uh, ready for action and, uh, like, worried about being attacked. And uh, if you put a fern in, uh, they're not. Right. See, so, I'm the opposite. Get me around a bunch of uh, armed people, I feel safer. Right, but th- that is true. And like that goes back to how marketing uses priming, right? Mm-hmm. They say something like, uh, th- these numbers probably aren't exactly correct, but seven uh, impressions to make an impact and seven impacts to form uh, a cognitive thought. So if you have a product, you know, uh, you know, nobody's gun store, right? And he wants to sell more guns from his gun store. Well, he needs to make uh, seven times seven impressions on people, putting his logo, his business, his website, his phone number, whatever, in front of people that many times to get them to make an impression. But then what happens is... those mathematicians. In the thank room. you, mathematician. I appreciate that um, because I'm horrible at that kind of stuff. Uh, that is my weak suit of all weak suits. I, I memorized my table. Really? Yeah. Wow. Very well. Uh, I'm going to come to you with more math in the future. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to point that out, especially right now, because uh, with you know everyone walking around in masks, everyone is very much being primed to still think of this as you know this absolute disaster and chaos yeah. and death mm-hmm. lurking around every corner. Having seen the way they do it in Portland, I don't want to get pinched either yeah right Ooh. what is up with that by the way like <laughs> uh, and i know totalitarian police state nightmare i i know people are shocked by it currently right or at least the the, the internet seems to be all about oh, do you can you believe that the, they're kidnapping people in unmarked vans and you uniform and it's like They've been doing yeah, that for a long time. They have time been doing that for a long much, time. Much worse. Uh, we did we did cover that of course here on Free Talk Live uh and I'm sure we'll cover more of it but I you know I just want to make sure that that gets out there that yes it is frightening. It is shocking. Your government should not be disappearing people in unmarked vans without arresting them formally or even maybe even that. Or at it all. just shouldn't be happening. Uh but it is and it continues to happen and you should be frightened by that. Not by the masks or the unmasked, right? That's not what you should be frightened by. You should be frightened by the complete and total level of control that the government has assumed in the course of, like, less than three months, like 15, 16 weeks or whatever it's been, of everything that you do. It now decides, magically, who gets to work and who doesn't. Envy and opportunism sideline doubt. Sometimes people covet what their peers have already achieved so badly that they will overlook the obvious and deceive themselves and others in an effort to claim better opportunities and a better life. Uh, in 1822, Scottish conman Gregor McGregor, <laughs> that's a great name, Gregor McGregor, <laughs> convinced countrymen seeking easy wealth and their neighbors better lives to buy bonds, land, and special privileges. They filled two ships to sail to an idyllic country, the land of Poyais, P-O-I-A-I-S. McGregor priced land in Poyais to make it affordable to the Scottish tradesmen and unskilled workers who had heard of promising South American investments but lacked the means to take advantage of them. Poyais had a distinctive flag, its own currency, and a diplomatic office in London. 
The only problem was Poyais did not exist. Most of those who sailed died on the Mosquito Coast of Honduras. Some of the few survivors were so taken that they refused to accept that Poyais did not actually exist and argued that it was McGregor who had been defrauded. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so these are the lengths that human beings go to to be comfortable in their own deception, right? When you've been deceived long enough, you know, human beings get comfortable with, well, just about anything, you know? When, when you've been deceived long enough, you begin to believe the deceit is reality, and it is most difficult to break people out of that. And, of course, some of the biggest con men in the world are politicians. <laughs> Nobody knows that. Uh, I ignored politicians for the longest time in my life. I just didn't want to have anything to do with it because they all seemed like used car salesmen to me. You know that stereotypical used car salesman, the slimy guy who's like always trying to like you know convince you to do something you didn't really want to do and separate you from your hard-earned money? Because it's clear this... that nobody is telling the truth. Clearly. They always had this strange way of talking where you couldn't actually hear them say anything. <laughs> like, they start out with a positive, end up with a negative, so it adds up to nothing. Like... You can't actually, like, grab onto any ideas being expressed, but you get feelings. Yes. Nobody thinks that's a good idea. Nobody's going to do that when I'm in office. It is, Nobody thinks that's a good idea. It is Nobody's going to do that when he's in office. It is psychological <laughs> manipulation, for sure. Uh, so, continuing on with this article from The Conversation, greed is blinding. Greed can prevent people from seeing that they have made a decision that defies common sense. In 1925, the con artist Vister Lustig, or Lustig, I believe is the pronunciation, took advantage of the French government's public complaints that it would cost more to renovate a decaying Eiffel Tower than to demolish it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.